Happy New Year. No, wait. <laughs> I, I hear that, and I think of it, I'm like, ah, oh, gosh, that's, it just feels like that again. Um, but man, oh, wow. Just, um, if you have your Bibles, grab those. Acts chapter uh, 1, we'll start in verse 8. I'll try to compose myself for a second. Yo, gosh. Um, just had a, uh, I don't know, I just, I'm, let's just talk for a second. I don't know, I just feel like God kind of leading me for a moment. Um, just cool things. Just cool things. I'm just going to say words, like Blake said. Words are hard. So um, uh, follow me for just a second. Um, I don't know, just some, some neat stuff that, that I just, I don't know, just kind of sensed or felt. Um, sitting here this morning, they were practicing and going over it, uh, getting, getting ready, or just kind of touching up for service. And as, as they do that, um, end up, Another team comes in who is back in the back with our kids who has the privilege and honor to lead them in worship. Uh, so we've got live worship for our littles in the back as well. And, and one that's, that's a part of that team and this team, and we're just a team. And so he comes in, and man, he's like, yeah, that was awesome. That was so great. Ah. And I, I mean, just to see that uh, and experience that and to know that, that that's the heart in this place is that it's, it, this, this isn't a stage to perform on, but uh, an, an opportunity to usher people into the presence of, of Jesus through song or through the reading of the word. Um, man, just encouraged me so much. And then to hear you singing out the way that you did this morning. Um, and, and, to, and to know like what we were like we're singing holy 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 and I just I think Isaiah 6 where there uh, Isaiah has this vision in the throne room of God and he uh, he sees God sitting on his throne and his train fills the room and there's there's angels flying around singing that and we get to join in in that chorus with with all of creation um, with, with with all of the angels with eternity we get to join in this morning and sing that and to hear hear the church cry out this morning and do that just 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 I mean I, I, I love that and then before service, like I'm getting to talk and say hey to some people, and I, and I get to talk to a couple parents who has some of their kids in our after school, and uh, I mean, they were just saying like, like, like our daughters, they don't want to leave. Like we come to pick them up, they don't want to go. Um, and so as a parent, like, like, that, that's, like I love that. That is awesome. That's amazing, the fact that, that we, we've got a place where, where kids want to be, where parents want to have their kids, and uh, we get to just share Jesus. And, and, and this family was telling me, man, how their daughter loves to share Jesus, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning, even a little bit more uh, in depth. But, uh, but man, just, just, I don't know, just to feel the presence of God working and moving. To, to, feel, to feel and to be able to see and kind of just step back from a moment and, and to be just aware of. I, th- I think uh, maybe for us, and then again, we're going to talk. I'm trying not to preach the sermon right now. So just, um, okay. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's to just step back for a minute and be aware. To kind of just see and take in and look through the lenses of what is God doing? How amazing and how great and how awesome is he? That, that, that he would connect people and put people and do what, what we talked about last week, fellowship. We talked about how they were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and breaking of bread and how our heart and our desire here in this place is to create that same environment. Whether it be this coming, or not this coming, but in, in a couple Thursdays, the primetimers, as they gather and meet in this place to um, meet around a meal and to fellowship and get to know one another. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your, your background. We just say, hey, no kids. We're just, we just want you to come and hang out and fellowship and get to know more people and get to grow. And, and we're going to have a meal and you can sign up and know what, what we're having out there so we can have plenty of food, those type of things. But, but we, get, we get to meet and we get to gather and we get to just, I mean, just love and care for one another and just hear and talk and fellowship. And, and just, to, just to see, I mean, man church tonight. 
we're going get, to get a bunch of men together and we're going to accomplish something good. And we're going to hang out, we're going to fellowship, we're going to get God's word and we're going to eat and we're going to cheer our team on, we're going to do all those type of things. Uh, I, mean, just, I guess just to be aware of all that God's doing. J- just to step back for a minute and just to see and even last week, as I asked that question, like, how many people have been here this long and this long and this long? And just to see what God has done and accomplished in this room. How new we are to one another, but how connected we can be through Jesus, the very one we gather here for this morning. The very one we're going to look at in the scriptures and let him direct us, let him guide us and help us have a greater understanding of what he wants to accomplish, what he wants to do in our world, even in this day. So I'm going to ask you if you, you would join me one more time. I just, I just want to pray. I just want to pray, and then we'll, we'll get, get to Acts 1-8 here in just, just a minute. And so um, just join me one more time. Father, just, just speak in this moment. God, help us hear from you. Help us follow after you, Father. Holy Spirit, you are welcome to do as you see fit. This is your church. This church doesn't belong to anybody but you. Doesn't matter what the name on the building is. Doesn't matter uh, what, what it's, it's about you and you alone. So God, we, we beg of you to move this morning. God, that you would set the captives free, Lord. If there'd be a heart here that don't know you as Lord and Savior, God, that you would, oh, Father, you'd speak to their heart and draw them. And God, that you would rescue them, Father. There'd be a heart here that's hurting, struggling, whatever the case may be, God, that you would just, uh, God, that you would just intervene and work and move, invade like only you can. So Father, encourage us. Father, convict us, draw us, do a work in this place. Oh, God, that you would encourage us through your word this morning, that you would fire us up and set us loose on this world to be your hands and feet, to be your light in a dark world. Jesus, we love you. We need you. We thank you already for what you've accomplished in this place. It's all for your great name. It's all for your glory. And we pray, amen. Amen. Man, so we, we are uh, three weeks removed from uh, me standing on this stage, or on this platform, not stage, platform, and having the opportunity to lay before you some goals that I feel like God has kind of pressed on my heart for us uh, as, a, as a people uh, and as a church. And with that, uh, you are a vital, vital part of that. Whether you're a person that's here or you're visiting or, or whatever the case may be, uh, I believe that this is almost like a universal thing for just the, the, the body of Christ, for the universal church, the church everywhere at all times. And so uh, you are needed, you are wanted to, uh, to be a part of this. You've been invited in as a child of God to, to partake and to live this out and to, to do this. And so uh, my hope is for everyone, but even more specifically for us here at New Life, that, that, that we, would, we would live this out, that we would do this, that we would uh, walk this out in obedience, what it is that we're going to see here this morning, that I want to go back from three weeks ago and remind us because as I was reading, as I was studying, as I was looking at it, I came across an article that, um, that let me know some things about resolutions, that, that let me know that, that whenever uh, someone makes a resolution, uh, usually within the first 19 days, usually on the 19th day, that is called quit day. Yeah, 19 days in is whenever quit day comes. And as I was reading that article and I was looking at that article, they, they call it quitter's day and it's January 19th. So, so we, in our heart, in our mind, whatever the case is, set, like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm making this resolution. I'm going to make this happen. This year, I'm committed. Uh, uh, new me, whether that be weight loss, whether that be some different uh, habits that I'm going to incorporate into my life, whatever that may be. And then what we find out is within 19 days of making that resolution, 
or entering into the time frame which that resolution has to come to be to be lived out to happen, within 19 days, we have hit the eject button. 19 days. Quitter's day is what they call that. Just 19 days is all we can make it. And so I was thinking, I know we're outside the 19-day uh, limit for us, but, but if we fast forward, because we didn't start till the 8th, we're right there in that window of quitters, weekday, whatever it is. And so what I want to do this morning is I wanted to, to bring it before us yet again, as I'm going to do throughout the year, and remind us of, man, what we're praying and asking God to do in us and through us and with us. The, the commitment that we're making, it's not a resolution. It's, it was, I want it to be a practice of our life. I want it to be the desire. I just want it to be part of our DNA. This is what we do. This is what happens. This is, this is how, this is how we, we live and be as a follower of Jesus. And, and the thing that I laid before us is this, is that I want us to be serious and committed about sharing the gospel. Now, now not, just, um, not just the ones that are trained in it, whatever that means. Not just the ones that, that know a few Bible verses. Not just ones that are above a certain, but, but the whole church. Man, what you need to know about this place is that we are raising your children up. Why? So that we can set them free. So we can set, we want them to go cause havoc in this world for the glory of Christ. We want them to be just little agents of just light shining everywhere, taking the message of Jesus to anyone, everyone, everywhere. We want your kids, we want you, young, old, in between, everywhere on, the, in, on, on that line. We want you to be one who is serious about uh, telling people about Jesus and sharing the gospel. And so our goal was for everyone, 90% of believers will die without ever sharing their faith. 90% of believers. And that's, that's just heartbreaking. That's hard to comprehend. That's hard to get because I will talk to a complete stranger about a million other things. But the thing that's the greatest of love of my life I'll never share with them? That doesn't make sense to me. That just doesn't register to me. So, 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 so our prayer and our hope is that, is that we don't just hit like 40% this year. Or th- like I want 100% participation, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I want you to be so amped up, so fired up that when you leave this place, you want to tell people about Jesus. I want it to be so real to you that you can't quit talking about it. That, that, that you can't stop, that, that whoever you come in contact with, that you're aware of, that you see, that, that, that you can uh, engage in conversation and get to that place of where you can share who Jesus Christ is. Like this week, I had a phone call from a college student in our, in our church. I said, man, it just happened. I said, okay, that's a, lo- that's a loaded statement, dude. What, what, what just happened? Well, after class, I said, okay. I was just talking. I was talking to this guy. This guy in my class, and as I was talking to him, and he starts to like start talking faster and faster as he got excited, more excited, and he's, he's talking, and he's telling me, and he's like, and it just happened. I just told him about Jesus. I said, dude, that was it? He's like, yeah, that was it. Yes, a college student. A college student just, just after class just started up conversation. As he starts up conversation, he begins to tell and talk about who Jesus is. He begins to share with, with him who, who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in his life. And he sh- ends up sharing the gospel. Now, the kid didn't get saved. But there was a seed planted. And you never know what will happen throughout the remainder of this semester where God may uh, uh, cause that kid to circle back and have conversation. Or something may happen in that kid's life. And he'll be reminded of this kid who has the greatest hope he could ever have. And it's found in Christ. You, you never know how God will use that, how he will work through that. And, and so I just, I just want to share, share another story. We, we've got um, um, your granddaughter. Is she seven, six, seven? Seven years old. The week after we talked about this, she goes to school, seven years old, which would be first, second grade, second grade. And in her class, she begins to, to share about Jesus to the point where the teacher gets to talk about it, where the point is the whole, the, the class gets to hear about Jesus. 
A seventh grader. That happens. I get a message this week. I get a message this week from my mom. And this is what the message is. She, she takes pictures of, these are cards that, this, that her daughter, her daughter is in, uh, I know she's in here somewhere, sixth grade. Her daughter is in sixth grade, and I get a message from mom this week. It says, hey, my daughter is making cards that says Jesus loves you. She wants to hand it out to the janitors at her school. Yeah. And, and I just, I want to feel the weight of that for a moment. She's going after the janitors? How do people usually view the janitors or see the janitors? And that, that's a kid that gets it. Oh, that's that. Ah, what God's going to do with her in this world for his glory and his, her making, making cards. And, and like, this isn't like, hey, let's go to Walmart and pick out like some, some cool. Fun. I mean, these are handmade, authentic, real. Hallmark has nothing on this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the time and effort and energy that went into this. And so she does that early in the week, and then I get another text. I mean, here's Jesus, arms open. Jesus, she, Jesus, Jesus love. Well, little notes of encouragement. There's scripture in the world you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have won the battle over the world. To hand out to people, to share, a sixth grader. And what I love about that is this, is that, is that, is that the young folk are kicking our tail, y'all. Uh-huh. Yeah. They are wearing, they are leading us, the adults, the ones that should be leading them, and sharing the gospel and telling people about Jesus. And that's what it's about. That's what I want to encourage us with. That's what I want to press us. I mean, if, if a seven-year-old and a sixth grader and a college kid can do it, any of us can do it. Any of us can, can, can just step out and do it. And I think the problem is we just got to be willing to be used. We've got to be willing to be used. And what I want to point us to this morning is the reality of what we've forgotten about. Oh, yeah, it's easy for a seven-year-old, right? It's easy for a sixth grader. Yeah, it's not easy for a college student. I mean, you remember what college was like? You, what the university is like? Anything to do with Jesus is usually they're going to be anti, very hostile toward, very come at with. But what I believe is happening is exactly what we're going to see this morning in the Scripture, it is that in them, God is working and doing in such a way as to unleash something. And church, I feel like for too long we've forgotten about, about what we have access to, what we have living in us, that we forgot about what God has done in us, through us, with us, for us, and what we have access to that these students have not. So, so I love this. So, so verse 8 here in Acts 1 is what the whole book of Acts is about. This is what the whole book, we're going to see the church birth, we're going to see things take off, we're going to see God work and move in mighty, mighty ways, we're going to see the church spread like crazy because of persecution. But what we see here in Acts 1-8 is the very mission statement of the book. And I believe this is, is one of us, one of these things that we need to remember, that we need to live out. This, this needs to be our mission statement, one, personally as, as, a, as a child of God, and two, as a church, this is the very thing that we take notice of, that we want to live, walk out, and do with everything in us. So I don't know if you write in your Bible, highlight on your device, whatever you, this is one of those scriptures that you want to do that with. So this is what Acts 1.8 says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's it. That, that, that's what we're going to look at. That's what I want to remind you of. That's what I want to say when, hey, you've got the temptation to quit or it becomes hard because, man, I don't know what they'll say or what they'll, they'll think. I, I want to remind you of this verse. I want to put it before you. Uh, don't be a quitter. 
Quitter's Day. No, 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 we, do, we don't have Quitter's Day. And you know what? If you're 19 days in and you haven't started yet, that's fine. Today's day one, let's do it. Let's go, let's, let's, get, let's get recharged, let's, let's get refocused, let's, let, let's put the energy and effort in that we need to. Let's be encouraged by a, a, a seventh, a seven-year-old and a sixth grader and a college student. Let's be encouraged by that as we let God work and do in this scripture. So, so my outline today is this. All you type A'ers, my outline today is this. Promise, plan, purpose. Promise, that's very Baptist, isn't it? I just need a poem now. Dang, that's promise, plan, purpose. Okay, so here we go. The first thing we're going to look at is this, is the promise. This is the promise uh, uh, that we see in this scripture that God makes to, to his people here in this day, but also in our day as well. This is the promise that we see. It's going to kind of come in twofold here. The first one is this, but you will receive power. Not that you might or not hopefully or not, uh, not anything like that, but, but you will, there's certainty in that. Right? There, there is certainty in what Jesus says here what, or, or what, what the Lord puts on their hearts to say, what he tells them, what he lets them know here. And the thing we've got to understand is the one making the promise. Right? The one making the promise. Can he fulfill? Can he come through? Can he do? Because this is God making this promise. And what we know about him is that he doesn't make promises like we make promises. Then when he makes a promise, what he fulfills it, right? He, he follows through. Like, there are times whenever I'll make a promise or I'll say something, I got three boys, 10, 7, two and a half, and they remind me when dad promised them something. They are quick to bring to my attention, but remember dad, you said, you're right, buddy, yeah, yeah, I did, but, but dude, like, like, we're getting buckets of rain just dumped, but you said you'd throw the football at me outside, but it's lightning, dude, it's a rubber ball, dad. You see what I'm saying? I'll make a promise, but I can't control the weather. I can't control uh, the environment. I can't control what's happening. I can't control what's, what's going to come at us. And why is that? Because I'm limited, right? Because I'm limited. I'm finite. I'm not in control. I don't know what the future holds. I, I, I don't get everything and understand the everything. I'm so limited. And that list could go on and on and on, but what we know about our God is that he's not. Yeah. Is, is that he speaks to the storm and it stops. That he tells the dead to rise and they raise. That, that he has the ability and the power to be able to say something with certainty and we can bank that it's going to happen. We can breathe. There's no anxiety needed. There's no stressing about it. There's no worry about it. There's no, no, no. When he says something, he's going to come through. I think the problem in the church is that we think that he said things that he hasn't said, that he's made us promises that he really hasn't made us. But, but what we see and know here is that this, this is a promise. This, this is with certainty. You will receive power. You will be is what he says here in these scriptures. And that's what I love. And I just want to do this for a minute. I just, I just want to kind of interact for a second. And I want to ask you to help me preach this sermon. And this is how I want you to help me preach this sermon. Because there are a number of promises in the Word of God. That, that we have ourselves had the opportunity to, uh, uh, to be recipients of. And so I just want to ask you this morning, if you were just where you're at, you don't have to stand up, you don't have to... Just what, what is a promise that maybe you cling to or a promise that you read and are encouraged by? What is a promise that you know from God's word that has happened with certainty, whether in your life or whether you've seen it happen or whether you've read it and you know about it to be true? 
what are some of the promises of God, church? What are some of the things that you know to be true about God that he has said and he has fulfilled and that he has done? I'll never leave you. That's right. You're exactly right. We can't outrun him, can we? Say again. I'll be with you always. Yep, absolutely. Peace beyond understanding. Yes, yes, we, we get that, don't we? In the, in the craziest, most difficult times, for, for whatever reason, however that happens, God works and does in us to just steal our soul for a moment. Huh? Yeah. He's for us, right? Absolutely, that's exactly right. What else? What are some of the other promises in the word of God? He's gone to prepare a place, that's right. And if he goes, it says he's gonna come back for us, right? Absolutely, he's coming back, church. He's gone and he's preparing a place. A place for us to dwell with him for eternity. What else? Anything else that just, just comes to mind right now? Do all things through him. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there is promise after promise after promise in the word of God. Is there not? I mean, we see that. We, we know that. We, we, we've experienced ourselves. And it's because God, when he speaks, he means what he says. When God makes a promise, he can fulfill it because he is outside of time. He is over time. He is, he is, he is the one that creates it. He is the one that, that, that is strong enough to do it and to, and, and to see it happen. And there, there's nothing that can overthrow that. There's nothing that can short circuit that. There's nothing that, 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 that can derail that. Because God is greater than all of that. So my hope is, man, let, let the promises of God permeate your heart and mind. Let the promises of God settle in and bring you security. Settle in and, 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 and just be a warm blanket for you in a cold night. And so if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, you can bank on this promise that we're looking at this morning. That you can bank on it. That you will receive power. Now, now I feel like there's so many of us that kind of walk defeated, walk beat up, walk, walk like we're limping. And, and hear me, there's times of, there's seasons of that, and that happens. But the power that we have access to, the power that we'll receive here in just a few minutes, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit deeper, but, but we've got to understand that there's power that's been offered, that's been given to us, that are in Christ. And the heartbreaking thing is how many of us don't lean in on that, don't re- rely on that, don't walk in that power. Because it's not a mind, it's not a hope, it's a will. And so when do we get this power that he mentions here? Well, that's what it says. You will receive power when, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When does the Holy Spirit come upon us? Here in this day, it came upon them at Pentecost. In our day, it comes upon us at conversion. Like we see and behold Jesus for who he is. The Holy Spirit opens up our heart and opens up our eyes to the reality of our lostness and our desperate need for him. And in that moment of turning from self to Jesus in faith and believing and walking toward, in that faith, and the Holy Spirit indwells. The Holy Spirit ignites. The Holy Spirit gives us this power. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That, that, that's what we get. We get it at conversion. Church, church, we walk around like we are defeated people, but we're not. Read the book, man. Read the, read the end of the book. We win. We're victorious. Now, we may lose a battle from, now, from time to time, but we win the war. Like, we're not a defeated people. Like, we're a people that can cause havoc for the darkness, that they can wreck the plans of Satan and the enemy. Like, we have Christ on our side. We have power in the Holy Spirit working and doing in us. 
And for those of us who have come to faith in Jesus Christ, we receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, him working in us and doing and accomplishing. And this is power in us like, like, like we've never experienced before. Like we, we can't even fathom the power of. And when you look at the early church here, they see that and they walk in that. I mean, I mean, they've witnessed some of it. They've, they've seen God do some things, but, but now they get to partake in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in their life. Like, have you ever read through Acts and just looked at how God worked and did? Like, like, like I don't know how you came in this morning. I don't know what your background's like. I don't know what, what you've been through. I don't, know, I, I don't know any of that stuff fully for everyone in this room. But what I do know is when I read, like, do you know the disciples? Those dysfunctional, messed up, cowardly dudes? Like, like the disciples who, who flee when Jesus gets arrested. Like, like, you remember Peter, right? Peter, no, no, I'm going to die with you. I'm fully in. We're doing this thing. No, Jesus, I will never leave your side. They show up and, 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 and they arrest him. What does he do? He takes off to the point of whenever he is seen around where Jesus is during the whole uh, crucifixion time. What does he do? No, I don't know him. I, no, no, that guy, no, no, I'm not one of his. Denies him, what, three times. I mean, you see that over and over. These cowardly dudes that questioned a lot, that had no idea, that didn't fully grasp everything that Jesus was doing. Then what happens at Pentecost? They get the Holy Spirit, everything changes. God indwells them with his power, his presence, and he gives them boldness. I mean, you've got cowardly dudes standing up, preaching, proclaiming who Jesus is. And we've got to understand our context in our day. Because to do this in that day... I mean, you weren't just getting labeled on Facebook or defriended. You know, you, you might not just lose your job. You might not just uh, be made fun of in the community. You may not just have those or be left out of being invited to something. No, no, it could cost you your life. It, it could cost you imprisonment. I mean, when was the last time you were in Walmart, told somebody about Jesus, and the police bust up, and they take you, haul you out, and throw you in a prison for a while? Or they take you out on the corner, and they beat you? When was the last time that happened? Just taking a quick poll of the room. I don't, I don't believe in our day we've seen or experienced that. But, but that's what's happening here in this day, in this world. So, so you're a follower of Jesus. Here, here he is. Come get this one. Take him. And we, we see that, don't we? And, and they don't care. I mean, they've got boldness. He stands up and he preaches and proclaims to, uh, uh, to whoever, whenever. I mean, you see it, they're arrested, they're in prison, what do they do? They begin to pray, what happens? The, the, the prison shakes and the door flies open and they walk out free. You see the Holy Spirit give them wisdom that they didn't have and possess on their own. You, you see large numbers added to the church. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's working and doing and there's a group of people living that is counter-cultural in this day. You see sick healed. You just see a number of things that the Holy Spirit does and works in the people of God. And all of this is because of his indwelling. All of this is because of his indwelling. So, so church, hear me this morning. Hear me. You need to get this. For those of us in this room who are believers in Jesus Christ, who are born again and saved, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have access to this. So it's not just for the little cute little seven-year-old to tell somebody about Jesus or the sixth grader or the college kid or the guy that stands on the platform and gets to proclaim Jesus week in and week out. It's for the men and women of God all over the world, everywhere. 
for the guy who's going to go to work tomorrow at his own business, for the, for the person that works for somebody tomorrow, for the, for the person that's going to go shopping here in a little bit, for all of us everywhere to go share the gospel. We've got the Holy Spirit in us in such a way that we have power through that. The same power that we see happening here in the book of Acts lives within us. So it brings about some tension, doesn't it? Okay, so, so if this is what it should be like, if this is the picture of, of what it's like, the Holy Spirit working and doing in us, it brings about some tension. Because if that's the case, why don't we experience and see? Why don't we have these same things happen? And I would press us that they do still happen. But maybe our attention is on other things. Maybe our awareness is not what it needs to be. Maybe we don't look at and see, right? Like, like we're quick to like just rationalize with stuff. Like I can remember years ago as a church, we were praying for someone uh, to be healed. We brought them down, we laid hands, we prayed, and we just asked the Lord to work and do. And, and it was about six to eight months later, the cancer was gone. No treatments, no nothing, nothing happened yet. They were working. And I can remember, I don't know about you, but I can remember, I can remember in my mind thinking, okay, misdiagnosis, got it. And God just like gut punched me with, who do you, who do you think you are? misdiagnosis. Did you not pray that I would heal and do something? Did you not pray that I would work and, and make my presence known? Did you not pray that I would get glory? You're ta- what are you doing? You asked me to do something and, and I've moved on behalf of my people for my glory and what I thought was your good. This is what you asked and prayed for and, and, and I've, I've done it. And you're going to give a doctor? Or you're going to give a, a, a faulty machine credit? I mean, church, how often are we like that? How often does, does that happen? That we, we, just, we just try to explain it away. We just try to uh, rationalize it away. We just try to overlook it or we forget about it or we, or, or we, don't, we don't press in and let the, the Lord be the Lord. And when we ask him and we move and we beg and we implore him, and he does, and then we don't give credit. How often does that happen? I mean, we have access to the throne. We've said that multiple times this morning already. Remember, we have access to the throne room. He's beckoned us to come. The veil has been torn. We are able to walk in and with, with all confidence be before the king. The second promise that we see here is this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness. Not that you might be, not that if you can kind of get around to it, not if you can kind of work it in a conversation here or there, not if, uh, uh, not if work's okay with you uh, to it and about it or not. No, no, but, but you will, the certainty there, the certainty that he gives. And again, it comes back to the power of the Holy Spirit in us because we have him living and doing and being in us. We will be his witness. We can share and proclaim and tell so, so we will be, that's the promise, we will be his witness. And I, and I just want to start by telling you, we're all, we're all witness. We're all, every one of us in this room this week, you have witnessed whether you've realized it or not. You have been a witness either for him or maybe not so much for him. Or maybe you've been a really bad witness. Like it's, it's funny, like, like our, our seven-year-old right now, like, like things will happen and we'll start to kind of like quiz him a little bit. Holy cow. Like, if my wife kills me and he watches it firsthand, they, she's getting off scot-free. <laughs> like, for him to articulate what he sees and what's happening right now, I am just like, dude, when did a dinosaur come walking through? 
Uh, I mean, I mean, it's 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 and it's like it's like a it's like a forty-five minute process just to kind of like get it. All that happened was like a, a cup fell off the shelf. But man, how that cup fell off, and what was taking place everywhere else around it, and he got hungry in the middle of it. So he had it, and it's just like I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And my thought has been, how, how often is that us? How, how often is, is that us? See, see, every one of us is, is, is a witness. Every one of us this week has witnessed about and to this world about what Jesus is like, about who he is, whether he's Lord of our life or whether he's just kind of a thing that we attach to or whether he's a priority or not. We have all, by the way that we've lived and the things that we've said and the things that we've thought about, have, have witnessed to whether or not we believe this and, and, and walk in this. Because this is what a witness, this is what a witness is, this is what a witness does. A witness is someone who tells the truth about something that they know or experience. They're one that tells the truth. And, and, and the, the reality in our day is that, is that our actions speak really, really, really loud, don't they? I, I mean, our voice needs to be, be with it. Our voice needs to be, be there with it. But, but our actions speak very, very loud whether or not we believe this Jesus is who he says he is. Our actions speak very, very loud whether or not um, uh, uh, we believe all that he has claimed and all that he has said and all that he expects of us. Our, our actions speak very, very loudly to this world. We witness really, really well either for or against. And, and, and what we see in this day is, as we see that you will be my witness, what we know in this day is that it's going to cost them greatly. Because in the original language here, one of the thoughts carried or connected with this thought, you will be my witness, someone who tells the truth about what they've known and seen, what carries with it is this, this sentence of death. So, so you're going to stand up and you're going to share and you're going to tell the truth about what you know of Jesus. It's going to cost you your life more than likely. So, so let's, let's talk for a minute about the one who tells. Because I just believe, yeah, yeah, we need, our action needs to back what we say. But I believe we need to step up and we need to start saying a lot more. We, we, we need to start speaking a lot more. We need to quit remaining silent and being quiet. It's not, a, it's not enough in our day just to be nice and sweet. It's not enough in our day just to go cut our neighbor's grass and be like, hey, God loves you, and we go on. It's not enough in our day, in our world, just to, uh, just to be, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, uh, hold the door for someone. It's not enough in our day to do that. Uh, like, even really, really nice lost people do that. Even the world does that. I, I would probably almost argue that maybe the world does a better job of that stuff than we do. The world is, is very loving. The world is very kind. The world, the world appears to be caring and compassionate somewhat. In certain cases, and so it's not just enough in our day to be nice and to be sweet. We've got to open our mouths and we've got to share about Jesus. We've got to tell people about Jesus. We've got to let them know why we do what we do and for who we're doing it for. That's what a witness is. And in that, in that we have opportunity to share the gospel, in that we have opportunity to, uh, uh, to go deeper with, in that we have opportunity to journey with so it's not enough just to be nice, to be good, to be sweet, to be uh, caring. We've got a witness. We need to open our mouth and we need to share the gospel. And, and hear me, don't, don't overcomplicate it. We, we don't have to overcomplicate it. And I don't know whether you're introvert, extrovert, whatever. Remember, you've got power. You've got power. 
And, and I believe it's one of the schemes of, 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 of the darkness is to try to get us to like, like think too much about it or try to overcomplicate it or try to, this is how it works out for me all the time, a lot of the time. It's just I find something I've got in general with somebody. And then as that happens, I just begin to have conversation. As I begin to have conversation about the game or about being from this place or about going to that place or about food they like or about this or about that, what happens is, is the guard kind of gets, gets, starts to go down. And as the guard goes down, I just kind of like feel like the Holy Spirit kind of nudged me a little bit here or there. And, and one of my go-tos is, hey, you go to church anywhere? Not because I'm trying to get him to church. I'm trying to turn the conversation is what I'm trying to do. And, and the ones that I love, yeah, I go to that church right around the corner. Oh, yeah, who's that pastor? Uh, well, that's the, um, the guy he looks like, and he's, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> that's why I asked. Which, what does that do? It just lets me know maybe where they're at. Either they're just visiting or they, the church thing isn't really a big deal to them. Which then what happens? It allows me to continue the conversation. It allows me to be able to, to talk and ask more questions. Because, yeah, yeah, I go to church over here. I go to church over Cool. So, so Jesus, tell me what you think about him. Let's have a conversation. About, see, I always want to get the conversation to Jesus. That's what I want to do. I, I want to get the conversation to Christ. All because he's the one that saves. He's the one that can do anything. He's the one that can draw. He's the one that can work and make and do. It's Jesus. We, we want to lift him up. We want to make much of him. That's what we want to do. And so we want to get the conversation to Jesus. And, and, and it can be as simple as that. Find something that you have in common with somebody. And just begin conversation about it. And you know what? If it doesn't happen that day, it doesn't happen that day. If it happens two weeks from now or a coworker or somebody in your neighborhood, however, whatever. I mean, the Holy Spirit will let you know when it's time. The Holy Spirit will, will nudge and press and open up doors. We just need to be aware of them. We need to see through those lenses. Which brings about the second P, the plan. So the plan in this is receiving power and being a witness. This is the plan. Why? so that we can reach the world with the gospel. That's God's heart, is he wants all people everywhere to know of his son and be saved. That's his desire. That's what he's commissioned us with, to take the gospel to the nations. And look at what it says there at the, at the, at the end of, of Acts 1. It says, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So, so Jesus is not talking of an occasional word of witness in the same old circle of culture. He wants us to get out and to go. He wants us to have a heart for all people everywhere. See, what he's talking about here is this ever-expanding efforts to what? To penetrate more and more of Satan's strongholds of unbelief. The Great Commission is global. That's the call of it. See, sometimes I think we have too small of a vision or too small of a, an idea of what this is to be like. See, goals are good. Goals are great. This year, it's 1,000. That, that's, that's what we're setting. Next year, hopefully, it'll be 2,500, 5,000. Who knows where we'll be, what God will do in us this year, how he'll add to our number, how he'll change our heart, shape our heart, mold us, what he will do to get us talking about Jesus, our great love. Who knows what will happen next year? See, sometimes our, our visions are way too small, I believe. Our missions are way too small, so we don't want to just evangelize Bowling Springs. We don't want to just evangelize the upstate or just our state. No, no, no. What we want to do, what we see from Acts 1-8 is this, is we want to take the gospel to the nations. So what do we do? We want to partner with Christ to reach the world. Who knows who God's going to raise up to send out here? That's our heart. We don't want to keep you to hoard you for ourselves. We want to shoot you out, man. We want you to go tell people about Jesus. We want you to go live it out. We want you to go share it. That's what Jesus tells his disciples here, right? They're in Jerusalem. So what he's saying is, hey, be a witness. 
Tell people about me here in Jerusalem. Do it here in your setting, in your environment, where you're at now. But, but don't be satisfied with that. Don't stay there. Don't just be complacent in that. I want you to Judea. I want you to Samaria. That's a picture of these outlying areas. And what do we know about Samaria? Samaria in this day, they were half-breeds who had intermarried. They weren't full Jews. They had intermarried with Gentiles. They had kids. And they're of no use. They're of no good. They're dirty. They're nasty. People in this area have nothing to do with those type of people. And what does Jesus say? No, no, no. That's, that's the heart of the gospel. That's the heart of a, a child born again. It's to, it's to go to the ones that nobody else wants, nobody else cares for, the, uh, the ones that are outcasts and of no use. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then I love it here. He says, to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. He wants us to take it to the nations, the story, and the message of who he is and what he has done in our life to rescue and to redeem us. So, for those of us in this room that belong to Jesus, we've been guaranteed the promise. You will be my witness. You will have power. We've been guaranteed the promise. We see the plan. See, the plan is, 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 is world evangelization. That's what we see the plan is. Now the why. The why that's so often overlooked as the bank comes back up. The why is because in our rebellion, in our sin, what Scripture says is this, is that we deserve the wages of sin is what? Death. We see it in the garden, death. When Adam and Eve rebel against God and sin, we see death come upon them. But you're like, whoa, it's not they don't die. No, no, I would argue that's even a worse death than physical. It's death of relationship with God. It separates the way that things were in the garden are no longer. That relationship had, has been broken. That relationship has been messed up. Everything has been fractured. As a result of that, everything else rolls out from there. Sin has entered the world, and as a result of sin entering the world, it brings about death. Yeah, it brings about physical death, which is horrific and awful, and there's separation. But, but what's even worse is spiritual death. That relationship that they had with God is no longer the same. Everything changes as a result of their rebellion, as a result of them choosing self over Jesus, choosing self over God and his plan. So, so the purpose behind us sharing the gospel is because we want people to know, because what we have to understand is this, is that if someone dies without Christ as their Lord and Savior, they spend eternity separated from God. Not what I say, that's what the scriptures teach. That's what the scriptures proclaim and say. And I think in our day, we, we, have, we have lost the reality of the weight of a human soul. In, in my day, I, I grew up, um, say, backwoods of West Virginia, and growing up in the backwoods of West Virginia, man, they would preach about hell, you know what I'm saying? And it would get hot, and it would be uncomfortable And then I can remember as a kid walking out of that place being like, oh my gosh, you're, there's no way. And as I've gotten older, as I've been able to read the scriptures, we, we see the mention of separation from God more than we do heaven and eternity with him. And I believe in the scriptures we see that why? because God has a heart for people to come and know the reality of what happens if they, if they die in their sin. 
And whatever the world tries to feed us about, well, everybody will make it, or they'll be okay, or don't, it's not universal. Not everybody makes it. I mean, that's not love. And that's not, we're just saying about holiness. Holiness and love brings about with it a standard. And in God's love, there is also holiness. There's also wrath and justice. And that's a reality in the scriptures. That's what we see in the scriptures. See, see, that's why it's so vital that, that we're witness, that we tell people about. That's why it's so vital that we share with, like, like if, if we know of a danger, do, do we not let people know? Like, if we know that the bridge is out, do we not do everything we can, flash lights, stand out on the road, scream, try to lay across or do whatever we have to do to stop people from going that way to where the bridge is out? Because if they make it to the bridge and they can't stop, they go over the edge, they die. We don't, want, we don't want people to die in their sin. We, we don't want people to step across into eternity not knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so the heart behind why we do this is one, because we believe that we're commanded to. And, and, and two, we, we understand and we see. We see what the Scriptures say and what the Scriptures teach. And we, we, we see uh, of the separation uh, of man and God, especially those who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This free gift that was offered, those who reject the, re- gift, uh, uh, reject the gift, reject the gift, reject the gift, and die in their sin. I mean, we're called to plead with. We're called to warn. And, and the reason why we do that is because we know what what we've seen and what we've tasted. I, I know what Scott Miller was like before Save Scott Miller. And, and I was 11 when God rescued me. I mean, I hadn't had a chance to get crazy and wild. And, but what I know is this, is that my sin as an 11-year-old is no different than, the, uh, than the, the most heinous whatever sin that you can think of. Because the due justice for it is death and separation. Because 11-year-old Scott couldn't pay the price that was required for my sin and rebellion. And so what we do, church, is we go with that mentality, that heart, that motive. If they keep going down that road, if they keep heading that way, this is what they get. This is what they inherit. And and hell is not something we joke and we laugh about. Hell is something that we preach with tears and desperation in our voice. Because I don't believe that we can even for a second fully grasp or even get, skim the surface of what a godless place is like. And that's what will be inherited. That's what will be had. That's what will be tasted of. If they they're not saved if they don't believe and so God has commissioned his church his people to go show the gospel that's the why not not to build a sanctuary to build a church or to plant more uh, but, but to go tell people the truth of who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us what he's given for us that's the glorious news of the gospel you and I couldn't but Jesus could and what does Jesus do he comes and he does and in his doing uh, now, now there's an opportunity in a way where there was no way, no hope. Now there's hope. And I'm talking about eternal hope. That's what I'm talking about, a forever hope with the king. So don't give up. 
don't quit. We're, we're a little over 19 days in, and I beg of you, uh, don't, don't be a quitter here. Whether you have or you haven't, whether you even started, whether you forgot about it, whatever the case is, don't give in. Don't give up. Don't think about checking out. Just, just start to press in more. Start to have conversation. Get yourself in circles like this who can encourage you, who can love you, who can help you with that. Whether you're introverted or extroverted, the excuse has been taken. Why? Because you have power. You have the Holy Spirit living in you if you're a believer. If you're, if you're born again, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. Every one of us in this room can do it. I mean, the seven-year-old gets it. The sixth grader gets it. The dude in college gets it. Do you think they can really articulate, the seventh grader articulate in such a way? Do you think the seven-year-old can? No, but what they can do is they can tell them about Jesus. They can tell about the cross and what he's done. And what we forgot about is the work of the Holy Spirit in those moments, church. He's given us power, but he is also active and alive and working and doing in our world. So, so, so the conversation that you have that maybe you think that you've bombed it, you need to take the pressure and weight off of you. Because it's not about how good you articulate or share. It's about the fact that we'll be a bit, a willing and obedient to do it. The Holy Spirit, you can't, you can't save anyone. That was one of the hardest things I had to get over going into ministry. I mean, I would preach my guts out. And I would think, God, did you not? I mean, I, that, I thought that was pretty good. I don't know what, but, but I mean, no, nobody moved. Nobody moved. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, what, were you sleeping? Like, what happened? And then I would go and I would preach and I would be like, good, Lance, they even, what happened there? And, and somebody would get saved. And I'd be like, are you sure, little girl? Because I, like, I felt like I, and God was like, right, you're right, you did. You, you bomb it every time. But that's what I'm there for because the power's in me, not in you. Not in what you say, not in what you do. The power's in me. I'm the one that draws and I'm the one that saves and I'm the one that, uh, that, that softens heart and I'm the one that opens up. You, you need to tell them about me, Scott. Just tell them about me. So that coworker that you have, that family member that you have, begin to pray, begin to press in and have conversation, begin to share little bits and pieces and the Holy Spirit will work and do. He's the one that saves, not us. He's the one that saves. And so I, I, just, mean, I just want to challenge you, please don't stop. Don't stop. Because for us to share the gospel a thousand times this year, at least a thousand times this year, it's going to take 84 times a month. And if you haven't noticed, the board out there is kind of sparse right now with crosses. But that's okay. I'm not worried about that. We're just in the first month, right? We're in a marathon, not a sprint. Because we've got 11 more months following this. 11 more months. 11 more months to follow this month. And so we have the opportunity to go share, to go tell people about Jesus. And in that God, church, I guarantee God will save. That's his heart. That's what, that's what he's about. That's what he wants to do. So I don't know what he stirred in your heart this morning. I don't know uh, maybe where you don't feel confident in something. I don't know, um, I don't know maybe where, uh, where you're afraid. Where, you, don't, you don't have to have that. The Holy Spirit is enough in you, with you, through you, for you. It's just being willing and obedient for him to work and do. You're, you're going to witness this week, whether you realize it or not, whether you like it or not. You're going to leave this place today and you're going to go witness. Is it for your kingdom? Is it for his kingdom? And then in that, is it with some conversation and, and proclamation of who he is? Or is it not? If you press in and ask God, I guarantee you before the day is over, there'll be opportunity. And if you'll just be willing, you have to be good at it. Just be willing. The Holy Spirit will make up for what we like. He does every time, all the time. And he will be and he will do. 
So I don't know what God's stirred in your heart. I don't know if you're sitting here this morning, maybe you don't know Jesus. The first step is for you to come to a saving relationship with Christ. And I'm not talking about just knowing some church stuff. I'm not talking about sitting your rear end in a seat for an hour. I'm, not, I'm, not ta- I'm talking about knowing Him relationally, walking with Him, talking with Him, hearing from Him, uh, 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 walking in glad obedience to Him, allowing conviction to grip you and shape you and to draw you. I- I'm talking about a vibrant relationship with. I'm not talking about some just head knowledge and some facts that you know and maybe a Bible verse or two. I mean, I'm talking about relationship with Christ through faith, where He's revealed to you. I mean, you, you don't know me. You've been coming to this place for years, or you've been around church for years, or you know some of the jargon and some of the talk. But, dude, that's, that's not salvation. Salvation is faith where you've abandoned yourself, where you've seen it as that you can't do it, you can't make it, you can't accomplish it. And you know you can't. You can try and try and try till you're blue. You can't do it. And the good news of the gospel is that Jesus can give up and give it to him. Your life, your everything, faith, that's what it is. Abandoning yourself and turning to the reality of the cross and what he's accomplished and done for you. So maybe that's you here this morning. Maybe for the first time the gospel has, 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 has penetrated your heart in such a way to say, you know what, I, I'm the one that needs Jesus. Because you won't tell people about Jesus if Jesus is not in you. Or you won't do it with the right motives the right heart. So maybe that's where the power starts, is that you need to, you need to get plugged into the source. Or maybe you are plugged into the source and you're just struggling with it. Man, just ask him to give you strength. You've got power. You have got the same Holy Spirit that we read about in the book of Acts living in you, dwelling in you. Church, we ask him to move and work. So whatever God stirs in your heart this morning, you be obedient. If you want to come and have more of a conversation about what it means to be saved, Jimmy and I will be here. If you want to just come pray, if you want to pray for that, that name that you know of, if you want to pray about whatever it is, for God to give you power, to give you strength, to give you ability, to give you some know-how and knowledge, well, whatever it may be, you be obedient this morning. Father, help us to hear from you. Help us to follow after you. Help us to, Father, just be willing. God, to be willing vessels. Father, to just surrender and to press in and to allow you to do the work that only you can do. And so Father, I pray for this morning for somebody in this room that don't know you as Lord and Savior that you would do that. That's not the message that somebody proclaims and preaches. It's who the message is about. It's about you. And so Father, we want to lift you high and we make much of you and ask you to draw. And Father, that's all we want to do. We want to go out and do that and be a witness for you and remembering the power they have living in us is you. So God, work and do like only you can. It's for your glory. It's for your great name. Let's come and pray. Amen.